Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, aka your friendly neighborhood fangirl. 2020 has come and gone, and with it, one of the few highlights of the year, which was season two of The Mandalorian. In December, we got the conclusion to the season, as well as a huge announcement of all of these new Star Wars projects on the horizon. It may be a while before we see new Star Wars, but that's no reason not to talk about it now. So joining me today on Fangirl Forum, because of course, I'm not alone. I love doing this with people. Give it up for Mary Sue's associate editor and huge Pedro Pascal stand, Rachel Leishman. What is up? How are you? I like that I'm labeled as a Pedro Pascal stand. I'm doing well on a, I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. <laughs> I'm as kind of irrelevant at this point, you know? It's just like, oh, it happens to be a Tuesday or maybe it's Saturday, who knows? Yeah, the best was the, the holidays where everyone was like, I thought it was Sunday for like four days. <laughs> no one knows what day it is. And it's 10 times worse when we're all stuck inside because we typically don't know what day it is anyway. Yeah, already on top of like just normal circumstances, we're like, oh yeah, maybe it's Thursday. <laughs> Who knows? But now on top of it, it's like, well, it's not Bagel Friday, so it's not Friday. <laughs> Or that's how I used to do. Mine was Mando. I was like, oh, do I have to wake up early for the Mandalorian? No. Not Friday. Well, thankfully, WandaVision, it'll be like my marker of, oh, it's Friday. I went from my husband and my son to my baby girl. So I'm very, I was like, I'm good. (laughs) 2021, guys. Well, speaking of your husband and your child, Mandalorian season two wrapped in December. I honestly haven't talked about Star Wars in a long time, so I'm really excited to just sit and talk about Mandalorian and Star Wars with you, and especially because, like, you really love the Mandalorian, and I do. Yes. (laughs) So compared to season one, like, what did you think about season two? Did it, like, meet your expectations? Was it, what did you think overall of this new season? Oh yeah, by the way, spoilers are totally in effect, guys. So if you haven't seen it, stop listening to this. Go watch all of it. You can binge it all now and then come back and listen. Great, great, cool. (laughs) Um, I really like the second season. So the first season, I enjoyed. I liked it a lot. I love Grogu and my husband, Vince Jared. I like the trajectory that it was going on. Like it had really poignant moments, but I think season two, what it really does is it flips how Din approaches things and that really that was really interesting to me because all of season one it was like hey I'm trying to figure out what to do with this kid I'm trying to figure out like what's going on why they why they're looking for him all this stuff and it was all about like I don't particularly care about anything else I'm just I just care about protecting him and that didn't really change in season two but it changed how he interacted with other people because they'd be like I'll give you this information if you help and the way I interpreted it was, like, they didn't even need, like, if he, if they had been, like, hey, I need help, he would have helped them. And I think it, it's interesting to track uh, Din, especially his character arc from season one, where it was, like, no, I'm bounty hunter, I'm coming in, I'm doing this, to, like, wholesome dad, who's, like, hey, I'm just trying to, like, protect my kid, but, like, you need my help, just tell me, and I'll help you. You don't need to, like, 
hold it over my head like just be like I need help and I'll I'll do it and I think it's that was like my favorite thing to watch in season two was how he changed plus like obviously all the other Star Wars stuff that they added in and like branching out that world but I think his character arc was like one of the most interesting things about season two Totally. Yeah, I think it's, like you said, you know, seeing uh, Din's character arc over the season and, like, he went from being so strict about this, like, Mandalorian code to, like, officially taking off his helmet twice this season was, like, huge. But the last one was, like, seeing his face and, like, letting Grogu just touch. gets That was me. That's me. I was Grogu when Grogu was like, I want to touch your face. I was like, same. Would love to. Like, uh, come on, Pedro, let me, let me touch your face. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it helps, like, having Bo-Katan, who's, like, basically a part of a cult. Um, and, like, because I think it's really funny because for years, all I remember is being, like, uh, Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. And then... When the show started and no one really knew what was going on, they're like, Boba Fett's going to be on there. And I was like, Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. And I kept saying it because I was like, that's the one thing you know for a fact is that Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. And then the show is like, he's not a Mandalorian. And like Bo-Katan says it to him. He admits that he's not a man. Like, mm-hmm. And I think this show is really interesting because it's taking everything we understand and know about the Mandalorians and exploring them in all different ways. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's my favorite show i love it so much it's so good it's a western and then it's t- ah! <laughs> and that's how i feel I just like make noises about the mandalorian it was so fun to be able to like this year in particular or this past year i should say 2020 because we are now in a new year thank goodness yeah. hopefully turns around from here first week's not looking great yeah so far not looking great but I'm still choosing to be an optimist I have really enjoyed being able to like wake up have something to look forward to and it is like it is a western in the sense like you're hopping in to an adventure of the week uh you meet a new character and it's also like building out the story too and like leading towards like such an epic conclusion I I really enjoyed season two. I didn't think there was any really weak episodes, you know, as far as filler. I felt like it started strong and it ended strong. And in between, like, there was really great, like, character moments throughout. And we were reintroduced to characters that fans of Star Wars have known for years in exciting new ways which I think was like a blessing and a curse for it because I really liked season one meeting like all these different characters and, you know, it not be anyone related to the Skywalker saga at all. And then season two was like, okay, we gave you that. Here's like the reunion special. Here's Ahsoka Tano. Here's Bo-Katan. Here's Boba Fett. And hey, we're going to end it with Luke Skywalker. You know, it was like, which I, I enjoyed that, but I also wish there was, like, some more new characters pop in there, too. I don't know. But, oh, I mean, I'm not complaining because, like, it was a great season. So, definitely one of the highlights of last year for me. And I'm honestly going to miss it until, what, 2022? Uh, At least for season three. I think it's, like, around now of 2020. So, it's, like, from what I understand is Boba Fett is 
in the beginning of December, and then The Mandalorian starts, like, right after. Because I don't think Boba Fett's many episodes. From what I understood, it's, like, a mini-series compared to, like, the eight episodes of Mando. And so then it'll basically be, like, here's the Boba Fett show. They might skip, like, Christmas and New Year's, and then it starts Mando. Got it. I mean, that'd be... And I don't know. That annoying girl on Twitter always has some theory about how Pedro Pascal's getting fired or whatever else. So I don't know what she's saying, but from what I understand is come January of 2022. Yeah, I'm not, I don't listen to uh, certain fan theories by unaccredited people on the internet. I wait for the official release statements, you know. I do have to, it's a little bit of a tangent, but I do have to say there is, there was I such a joy in, I love, Pedro Pascal's face that is no just look at my Twitter account that's no secret but seeing his face multiple times this season after there has been internet rumors that he was mad because he doesn't get to show like whatever nonsense they were Mm -hmm. seeing his face multiple times I was like oh well yeah yeah great great job well because in season one and like me and my friends had all gone and seen King Lear on Mm -hmm. Broadway saw him in King Lear and so it was like how is he filming the Mandalorian when he's in King Lear and then they were like no he just came to voiceover a lot because he was in King Lear and I was like yeah it makes sense that he wasn't on set in the first season mm-hmm. Broadway. so then in the second season clearly in the behind the stage stuff behind the stage oh my God. Behind the scenes stuff, he's in the suit a lot more and I was like well yeah because it's wasn't on King Lear anymore like I don't understand how people's brains work like it's like it's just the timing didn't work out but they could still use him because the Mandalorian's in a mess 90% of the time yeah the dirty little secret around Hollywood is like it is about scheduling nine times out of ten like it's not not everything is like a dramatic oh I hate working with this person therefore it's fun on the internet yeah like like, scheduling conflict yeah like, I'm so sorry, it's a boring reason, like, scheduling, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah, it just happened to work out with the Mandalorian because Din Djarin is in a mask 90% of the time. <gasps> People! <laughs> but I did, like, that was, like, my favorite little bit about this whole season. Like, look, in my head, Rent Free now lives Bill Burr calling Din Djarin brown eyes. Uh, I, hate, I hate that it lives Rent Free in my head, but every time, I'm like, brown eyes. I was really impressed with that episode with Mayfield coming back and his uh, monologue that he had with the Imperial officer or whatever. And then he just like kills him. I'm like, that was great. I saw someone point out, this is not my original thought. I saw someone point this out online. If you watched Din, he turns like he still has the helmet on. So, like, when they're having the conversation, he would turn his entire body and look instead of just, like, turning his head because he's used to turning in his full armor. Mm-hmm. And because he doesn't have the best car on, like, he is still, like, no, no one can see my face. I'm, like, dude, your face is out in the open. You can just, like, look with your eyes. And I love that episode because my favorite Star Wars moments are always when they're these dumb boys trying to do something. So, like, for instance, like, I love Han Solo and Chewie. Like, Chewie's my favorite character ever, but I love Han Solo. And there was such a Han moment in that episode 
where the blaster so- stops working, and Jin just like looks at it and just throws the blaster as if that's gonna do. <laughs> and I was like, you threw a blaster at a guy instead of it, like it's like what are you thinking? And it further made me be like, yeah, this is what I like about Star Wars. I love these dumb boys trying to do things, and they're like, I don't know what to do. And then the girls are like, why did you? You could have just gone over there. And they're like, what do you think about it? And that's to me why Star Wars works. Yeah, <laughs> like boys are doing dumb things, and the girls are like, I'll fix it then. Go over there. Yeah. If you would have stopped for a second. The answer was really obvious, but that's why we've got some incredible strong females in Star Wars to be like this, this right there, you know? Well, it's like why I like that episode the most because it's like all of the, not competent, but like all of the people who could have gone in and like probably done it way quicker without all the fanfare physically couldn't go in because one was Boba Fett and he's like, uh, they'll recognize my voice. Fennec was like, uh, they'll catch me. And Kara's like, I, I'm on every database. So it's like all the people who could have gone in there and like, done it in two seconds can't. And so they send in my favorite himbo, Dinda Jaren, who's like, I don't know how to do anything. He literally tried to scan the mask. And they, I <laughs> they told him, you have to take off your helmet. Like, you have to scan your face. He's like, I'm going to try and scan this mask. It'll be fine. The machine's like, no, it won't no. be. It's like, no, up. honey, you can't. You cannot do that. That I think that is one of my favorite episodes of this whole season. Just like, and yeah, I'm sure people are gonna be like, it's because it's his face, but that's not why I like it. I like it because it is like the stakes of that episode were probably one of some of the highest stakes of this entire season. Mm-hmm. It wasn't oh, I got to finish this thing, get back to my kid. It was like, no, I have to go find my kid. And this is the only way I can find him. Mm-hmm. And so it like switched the stakes and was really interesting to me. Yeah. I really enjoyed that episode as well. I actually think one of my favorites of the season was the, re- not the rescue. I do love the rescue. That was a great finale. But the tragedy, because A, it was an epic Boba Fett reveal that I was, I honestly was not spoiled by and I was so thankful for. Um, and B, yes, all of the great memes that came out of Grogu just, just meditating and reaching out I'm like meditating like Grogu. Like, um. <laughs> I'm on camera like, um. and I was like, oh wait, no one can see me meditating like Grogu. One day, people, one day, but today <laughs> is not that day. But it was epic and fighting, the stakes were high, and then it did lead to like such a tragic ending as far as like, Grogu and Din are separated and like now it becomes how do I save my son essentially and Robert Rodriguez just fantastic job directing that and I'm so happy that he is a part of the book of Boba Fett because like if he's bringing that energy into that limited series like we are all in for a treat you know yeah and so it was funny because so I did some press stuff for We Can Be Heroes and I watched, so this was a crazy weekend. So that episode came out. I watched We Can Be Heroes on Saturday. And then I had my Wonder Woman 1984 screening on Ooh. Sunday. So that like, and, I was, and I'm watching Narcos. So it's like, I came out of that weekend and I watched like one thing that didn't have Pedro Pascal in it. And I was like, hold on. What is this? I don't know what this is anymore. But so it was like, I watched that episode. I did, I watched We Can Be Heroes. And then I talked to Robert Rodriguez. 
and I literally was like real cool talking about spy kids and stuff yes real quick question how do you feel having made one of the greatest Star Wars things like ever and he goes my kids said that and like we were just talking I was like you don't understand like you somehow made Boba Fett cool like my entire life I I don't know how um which generation you fall in but like I have a brother who's 10 years older than me and then another brother who's 20 years older than me mm-hmm. and both of them were like Boba Fett rules and I was like how because like I didn't have the cartoons all I had was like the Star Wars holiday special him in the original trilogy and then when they added him in the prequel or when they added Django and stuff in the prequels mm-hmm. but like never thought he was cool was like I have no interest in Boba Fett like this isn't fun for me and then Tamora Morrison showed up and I was like this is the coolest thing ever he just took out like 20 dudes with a staff like, yeah like, so cool and that whole episode was just like great you made a character that everyone always was like it was such a dividing thing of you either loved Boba Fett or hated him like there wasn't really a gray area of like whatever to like everyone's obsessed with Boba Fett now yeah so that's kind of my story i don't have any older siblings. I grew up watching like the original trilogy and not even the holiday special until just like in recent years. And I just thought Boba Fett was so overrated. Like, okay, he has a cool costume and he's got a jetpack, but like, what else does he do? He does nothing. So when people were like, Boba Fett's going to show up in Mandalorian. I'm like, I hope not because that's just fan service. He's just going to do nothing like he's always done. Boy, was I wrong. It was a like, real eat your words moment for a lot of people. Like, oh, I, yeah. like I fully admitted it to. I was like, I'm sorry. I hated him. I don't anymore. I, I take it back. Like, I yeah. The moment he was taking out stormtroopers with a staff, I was like, okay, I get it. Boba Fett's great I completely own that and I do want to see more of him it wasn't just like a oh the one time is fine it was it was cool seeing him back in the uniform too and and of course him taking his place in Jabba's palace at the very end of um, which I didn't realize there's a post credit scene until the internet so I was like wait hold up go back so when I'm normally in my apartment in New York my roommate and I wake up early to watch all this stuff together and so I have been down with family for the last two months and so when that happened my roommate had watched it before she was like 30 minutes ahead of me and so she texted me and was like is everyone up in the house it was like why she was just just want to know is everyone awake at your mom's and I was like yeah everyone's up but they're letting me watch Mandalorian she was okay and I was like why she was you're just gonna make some noises so I just wanted to make it clear that like you weren't gonna wake anyone up and this was like before I got to Grogu and Din it was before Luke like it was like before mm-hmm. any of that so I was like well how am I gonna react to things so I was screaming then I was crying and then I was screaming again when I got to the Boba Fett thing. And, but I also would have just shut it off because I'm always like, I don't, I'll watch the fan art stuff later. And so I wouldn't have known either. Yeah. Like, ah, whatever. I'll go on the internet. It's like, I'll check it out later, you know, but thankfully the internet pointed me to, oh, there's post credit scene. Okay. I should go back for that. <laughs> okay. Question for you. In yeah. the finale, like obviously Luke Skywalker shows up and it's badass and awesome. 
how do you feel that it was Mark Hamill showing up as opposed to maybe like a different actor playing Luke Skywalker um, for that scene? Um, I, th- I have two running theories. One is that they didn't want to even put out a casting call or, or like hire anyone because it would have given away that they were bringing in Luke. So I think they were like, this will work for this. Or that's the only time we're going to see Luke, which I would be perfectly okay with. And I think what they would do instead is, because I don't think Grogu's gone. Like, I, th- there's no way that they were like, we're going to make this entire season about this father-son relationship and then be like, bye, Grogu. Like, I think they're going to, he already has training. So I think he's not going to be at the Jedi, like, is it Academy or whatever Luke's sure. Jedi school is called. I call it Jedi school. Whatever Luke's Jedi school is called. I don't think he's going to be there as long because he was a youngling for how, we don't even know how many years he was youngling for. But I do think that the it's fine that it was just Mark Hamill because I think what they're going to do is like, if Grogu wants to come back or Grogu is trying to find Din, they're going to bring in a different Jedi. My hope is that Mara Jade shows up because Mara Jade Ooh. is like one of my favorite characters ever. I want to be Mara Jade. Like, I have tweeted multiple times I want to play Mara Jade. I'll go to John Favreau's house myself and be like, my hair will be red. I'll, I'll use the gymnastics training I have. Let me be Mara Jade. And I think, like, that's, in my opinion, that's maybe one of the reasons why they didn't, like, I think it was both they're trying to keep it a secret, plus they were like, it's only going to be one scene, like, mm-hmm. or the battle and then him taking Grogu, and then that's the last we see Luke. I think... If they use something in the future, they're going to, if they're going to continue to do that fan service aspect, they're probably going to get someone like Sebastian Stan. Mm-hmm. But just because that's what the internet has talked about for years. And I, clearly the internet gets what it wants because Rosario Dawson was Ahsoka Tano. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, internet, can you rally behind me being Mara Jade? So then yes. I get what I want. <laughs> it's, I get to be in a Star Wars as a badass Jedi. I mean, that would be amazing, incredible, all the things. But I I like that theory, though, as far as, you know, we only see Luke this one time, and then we get introduced to, like, another Jedi. Because, yeah, I, it makes no sense for them to completely remove Grogu from the Mandalorian equation, because they kept that on lock and key, for any of the promotional stuff and then that became the thing is mm-hmm. oh my gosh I just want baby Yoda in my life and I do I do hope we get like a little bit of like like half of season three you know they are separated they are you know trying to do life without each other but then they are brought back together and the reunion will be so sweet force talk to him like Grogu just being like hey dad I can force talk to you now what up <laughs> like talking to the Dandalorian like I don't think he's gone I think there I think you're right I think it is gonna be like a break essentially like you're not mm-hmm. gonna see him well because the, the show was kind of falling into this rut of like we gotta put the baby somewhere and so then it'd be like he's in school he's mm-hmm. with the frog lady which I love like I am frog lady like I would die for her but like I think the show was starting to find like, hey, we have to do something with Grogu. Otherwise, it's just going to be like Dindajarn trying to fight with a kid in a in a tote bag. And mm-hmm. so this, I think, gives them the opportunity to do, A, 
make Grogu be able to like fight on his own so he doesn't because he doesn't have his little ship anymore fight on his own give Din space to become the ruler of Mandalore is that what you think is gonna happen yes that's what happened in the finale he's the ruler of Mandalore on accident on accident but do you really think Bo-Katan is gonna like let that actually come to fruition I think that's gonna be the entire tension of season three but the problem is that like Din does not want to fight her so he's just like take the dark saber and she's like no I have to fight you and he's like I don't want to do that here take this like (laughs) oh I would watch an entire season of Din Djarin just being like I don't want this I also think Bo-Katan is smart enough though like yes she deserves to rule Mandalore, all that stuff. But I think she's smart enough to be like, he's dumb enough. If I let him rule Mandalore, I can get everything I want. This is true. Because I love him, but he's stupid. And like the thing he does, you're like, why did you do that? And so I think Bogdan already realizes like, oh, he's a moron. Like I can like use him to my advantage. She's going to Lady Macbeth the situation. <laughs> she's just going to be like, here's what we're going to do. Oh yeah, you're, I, you're gonna work as the king. Yeah, I can totally see that go down. Also, though, in season three, I really want Cobb Vanth to come back. I was good when we were talking about Boba Fett. I was gonna talk about like how I didn't realize how much I cared about Boba Fett until he came in in that armor. I was like, that tiny waist isn't right. <laughs> like I was like, that tiny waist does not fit that armor. And then was like, oh wait, that's Timothy Oliphant. Like, but it was that moment of me being like. That tiny waist isn't Boba Fett. It's like, um, it's not him. And they wouldn't do that in the first episode. And then when he takes off the helmet. They kind of did anyway, because Tamora Morrison's at the end of yeah. the But when he took off the mask and it was Timothy Oliphant, I was like, okay, Santa what's going to happen? Which that, okay, that premiere was actually a really great episode because at first when I was watching it, I was a little annoyed. Oh no, they're going back to Tatooine. This feels a little, nah, I don't know how I feel about this. But then once they get to the town, you meet Cobb Vanth. They expand so much on like the Sand People's culture. It's a great episode of just bringing people together. And like it lays out like what we're really going to see in the season. And I want him, I mean, selfishly, I really just want Timothy Oliphant back in Star Wars. Like if we could bring Bill Burr back and Amy Sedaris, like there's really no reason why we can't get Timothy back. why Timothy Oliphant can't keep coming back. I like just like how the internet is the entire bit from the good place where yes. it's like, yeah, everyone loves that. Like that's, well, I think it's really funny because I am from, well, not originally, but we mm-hmm. moved to California when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and I lived in Santa Clarita. So I love Santa Clarita diet because it is very accurate to that area. Like they make so many jokes about magic mountain. And I'm like, yeah, that's for real. Like <laughs> that's all true. The entire show. And so, mate, that's how I fell in love with Timothy Oliphant. Mm-hmm. With that show, not like everyone else was like, I watch Justified. Like, that's great. I watched this <laughs> and fell in love. Like, you guys can watch that cowboy show. Actually, no, that's a lie. I like Deadwood. But, like, I was like, you guys can watch the Cowboys. I'm going to just going to watch this good dad and his zombie wife. But, yeah, I think. I would watch an entire show where Cobb Banth and Din Djarin are, like, in love with each other and <laughs> raising Grogu, I think. 
I think that's where I'm at. I'm like, I don't want to touch dads. Get more dadas. John Favreau, hire me. I'll write it. John Favreau, if you're listening to this, hi, welcome, thank you. But also, Rachel, here oh. you go. All right, dadas. It's just stop Vance and Dindajarin in love trying to raise Grogu and Grogu at this point we'll make him a teenager so he's like oh my gosh when we get we'll get teenage Grogu like in the way of like teenage Groot you know just like has attitude he's 50 and then he's like three the time he's a teenager they're all dead (laughs) that's depressing let's just get off that basically like Grogu's got to get off of get out of Luke's Jedi school because like there is no way he's going to be around when Ben Solo becomes Kylo Ren and just freaks out or whatever so I hope Grogu sees Ben Solo and is like not again I'm out of here <laughs> bye <laughs> so that, like, that makes it he goes I live through Anakin this Luke wrote up and said I can take care of you and now this kid uh uh-uh, I'm not dealing with this family he's like out bye i did say men on the internet get very angry at me but i'm not wrong luke skywalker is like my favorite drama queen like he is so dramatic about everything and this show and why guys got mad at me was because i was like yeah this just proved the last jedi right and that luke is dramatic and it's no one else would train grogu every other jedi was like Nah, man, he has so many connections and stuff. Like, that's dangerous. And in holds Luke Skywalker, like, I will train you. And I'm like, drama. Yeah, how do you know how dramatic he is? Like, everybody else said, I'm good. And then Luke said, Hi. It's like, Hi, I'll take you. Yeah, I'm like, What could go wrong? I just, I, I, now I, that's my new hope for the, ah, new, uh, hope, new hope for Mandalorian is that season three, Ben Solo and Grogu's like, no, nah, I'm not doing this again. I was always like, I'm, I might write that up later. It's like, here's my hope. I hope Grogu says, nah, man. Ah, <laughs> not about that. Dad, come pick me up. This brat just rolled up and I'm not living through nothing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Is he technically what we learned this season was somewhere Grogu either like pieced out before the like he either knew the younglings were all gonna die and pieced out or somebody just sat there and hit. Like there's some there's like a gray area where you're like, Grogu, did you just let like a bunch of kids Kid- die so that you not die? Yeah. Though I've loved seeing the memes of, you know, like Grogu saying to Anakin, like, hey, good luck. And then Anakin, like, Mark crosses Grogu off the list, like, not killing you. You're okay. <laughs> or it's like, I always like, I think my joke was like, I put the T-GIF, it's like Grogu watching all the younglings, and he's just like, what's going on? What are you guys doing? What's happening like- here? which i don't think they thought like that they were like no like he like they probably like my theory is like in the writing room they were like no like we'll just say like the jedi had hidden him at that point because they knew like if they knew about the fall and it was coming and i was like yeah but the way but, my brain works like 
when did they move him and did they know the younglings were going to die? Yeah, for real. Ah. I like the idea that it was Mace Windu, though, and then we'll see Mace Windu again because he was like, I had to save this kid. Okay, when Samuel L. Jackson was saying at Celebration, he's like, he fell, like, people come back all the time. I was like, yeah, let's let's bring back Mace Windu. Did he really die? Like, come on, we can, like, do no a hand-wavy excuse. No one dies in Star Wars, except for, like, my favorite characters, but no one else really dies. <laughs> Meaning, like, granted, one of my favorite characters is Cassie and Andor, but, like, he's getting his own show, but he still dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like still we still know how the story ends. And same well, with Obi-Wan like- Kenobi, too. Like, I love Obi-Wan, but, like, it doesn't change the fact in A New Hope he dies. Like, <laughs> that's how the whole, how Star Wars even began was, like... But at least like, with Obi-Wan and uh the jedi you at least have force ghosts like when han died i was like he's not gonna be a force ghost and then they were like here we'll fridge princess leia and make her into harrison's lord <laughs> ah! rise of skywalker is a movie that exists it um, is a movie that exists yes <laughs> like sorry no, it's okay. I'm going to say smooth transition because I'm not great at this transition. There's a whole, like, we're done with Star Wars for, like, a little bit now. And mm-hmm. December, they were just like, hey, here's everything coming your way since we didn't have, like, Star Wars celebration this year, which, tragic. I was so looking forward to that. But at least yeah, we know all so of this stuff is coming. There was so much that would have happened this year, and I just like think back and I'm like, well, that that's gone. Yep, that <laughs> thing, that thing. But like, we kind of got like, oh, we got a couple of those. Like, Warner Brothers did DC Fandom and like announced a bunch of different stuff and showed trailers and like behind the scenes stuff. Disney just called it their Investor Day and woke me as a person. <laughs> yeah, like yesterday, like. I truly thought I was having a brain aneurysm at one point because I got so like I screamed and did not realize what was happening and then all of a sudden I just had a splitting headache because I like had been yelling for so long and then that like I think it was Ironheart that it happened because I like had like I had heard whispers but I was like there's nothing confirmed there's no way that Ironheart is just Mm -hmm. gonna get announced and then they announced and cast Riri Williams already and I like screeched because I love Ironheart and just like all of a sudden had a blinding headache. It's like oh, I'm no. gonna die because of the Disney Investor Day meeting. Well okay my mom has never seen me like fangirl over anything. I was at a family reunion on my dad's side when I watched Hall H stuff go down on Twitter and I was freaking out in a bar. So I was watching the Investor it's Day on my laptop in 2020. Not in 2020. No, this was that was in 2019. Okay, that's when like Phase Four was announced and life was good. Let the the listeners know this is obviously that was that was a while ago. (laughs) That seems like ages ago. But I know it wasn't even that long ago. That's like the heartbreaking part. 
I watched, you know, investor day on my laptop, sat in the living room and I screamed over everything. My mom thought I was dying at one point. She's like, Meredith, you got to calm down. I'm like, I will not calm down. Hayden Christensen is coming back to Obi-Wan Kenobi. You don't understand. And she's like, Meredith, calm down, relax. 14 year old me was like, justified. <laughs> like you all made fun of me. <laughs> Hayden Christensen, guess who got, guess who rose above it all? me and my Hayden Christensen loving self like both of my best friends I me and my best friends have been best friends since we were 11 I oh, mean I have awesome. like I have best friends in like all different places because I've lived a bunch of places but two of my best friends from California we've been best friends since we were 11 when Revenge of the Sith came out they we were like 13 or 14 and they basically would just let the movie theater babysit us for the day like they'd be like Okay, we'll drop you guys off in the morning. And we would just see Revenge of the Sith over and over again. Oh, my gosh. That movie so many times. Like, to the point where, like, I still can quote full scenes. But I just was, like, obsessed with Hayden Christians. And, like, when he wakes up shirtless in that bed, I was like, that's a dream situation for me, man. Like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was in love with him and everyone hated him and I was so upset about it. And then now everyone's like, but Hayden Christensen was pretty good. I'm like, yeah, he was. Thank you. Well, he- welcome to me. <laughs> well, it was five. I was working, but. <laughs> well, listen, Hayden Christensen did the best he could with the dialogue that he was given and the direction he was given. So I, I'm just very excited that he is going to get to do Anakin full body not just a voiceover thing like he did in Rise of Skywalker but like actually get to be Darth Vader and kind of have that moment and I thought he was super attractive when I was younger not gonna lie and I I know we're not gonna see his gorgeous face like that more than likely listen there could be flashbacks we don't know what Kenobi's planning yeah we especially with Ahsoka like there's no there are no rules like it could literally go back to clone wars and we could see ahsoka and anakin together i mean dave filoni's heart has always been ahsoka tano so like now that she is officially like in live action yeah there are no rules like who else are we gonna see Hayden can totally show up, especially since he's doing Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's like, oh yeah, he'll be on the lot. Like, just go across, just go over to Ahsoka real quick. Jump on over to the other, like, pod thing that we have. It's just, like, building over there. Mm -hmm. I do, I would love if, like, Din Djarin somehow got to meet him and he'd be like, what are you? (laughs) Because it's like, somehow that character knows nothing of what happened. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, there was a war? Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was not I don't, I don't really know. I don't care. So, okay. Of the stuff that was announced that day, like, what are the ones that are you the most excited about? Do you, new announcements or just, like, in general, what's coming? In general, what's coming. Because I think, like, we knew some of these, like, shows were yeah, coming, yeah. That's obviously. Why I, that's why I wanted clarification. Because it's, like, of the stuff that is coming, like, I'm – Oh, so very excited about Cassian Andor mm-hmm. just getting his own show because I loved Cassian. I have multiple Cassian Funko Pops. 
I I love him so much. Uh, I wanted Diego Luna to have the world, and then they killed him. And so I love a show about Cassian. He's my good boy. He like I feel the same way about him that I do about Poe. Like I wish I could just watch an entire Poe Dameron show. Like I love them so much. What Actually, I would pay for Poe Dameron and Din Djarin to have their own show. Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal. Um, but uh, no, I want Finn and Poe to get married and live their life together and make me happy. They are literally a married couple, and I am that is the one thing about Star Wars I will forever be mad about. Like I'm like, no, they are Han and Leia, and then you didn't let them marry each other. How dare you? But I'm really excited about Rogue Squadron, especially mm-hmm. because I'm like Patty Jenkins put her spine in it, <laughs> put her spine in a Star Wars. I'm really excited about Taika's, which we know nothing about and it's just nothing and then bad batch because i love fennec i love star wars and i will watch all of them i gotcha i with cassian i was excited about but then watching diego luna like the reel that they showed and him talking about like Cassian and like I'm so happy that Diego Luna is actually like an EP on it too so he has like creative control like I think that's so important I got way more excited after seeing that reel like that moved up higher for me my top one is Obi-Wan Kenobi because oh my god that's so I'm so dumb (laughs) Obi-Wan I completely like I can't believe I forgot about Obi-Wan yeah it's Cassian and Obi-Wan are the top two and then it's like because I've been waiting for Obi-Wan since I was a teenager yeah like sorry I don't know I think it's because they just like were like Kenobi and then moved on like yeah it was like Kenobi Hayden Christensen's coming back we're moving on like there was a lot that came at us at like not enough time to like sit take it in process it was like and we're moving on to the next thing yeah yeah but I, I'm so geeked about Obi-Wan. I love the idea that I want it to be like Logan in Star Wars, you know, because I loved Logan as a movie and like James Mangold's approach to a Western. I would love it if James Mangold got to uh, direct one episode, please and thank you. That, I mean, that's just dream right there. But Deborah Chow, I trust her completely oh. after her yeah. episodes in season one of Mandalorian I'm like we're in great hands Star Wars fans like we we're winning right now I also love the idea of just a Taika Waititi directed Star Wars movie know nothing about it but it's already high on my list it, they pose it a simple picture and everyone goes I'm in like there is no information no in that picture lives in my head rent free because it looks like school of rock but star wars and everyone's just like i just think it's so funny because it went from like taika's doing star wars and we're like we're here oh i'm also really excited um my friend is doing one leslie headland's doing the acolyte and i'm excited about yes i was gonna talk about the acolyte that's like the problem is like i can't process all the things i'm excited about because there's so much of it but it's like i'm excited about all of it yeah i just try to prioritize my brain over what i'm most excited about no i'm excited about things coming out in star wars i'm excited about new territory like the acolyte and it's talk. it sounds like it's going to be like a mystery the end days of the high republic era and 
I think that one's going to really surprise us more than I think people are giving credit towards because, you know, we know Ahsoka, we know Cassie and Andor, we know Lando, but like, we don't really know much about this. Lando. I know, exactly. (gasps) There's so much. I think like part of it is they were like, we get to explore these worlds and like Mandalorian opened the door Mm -hmm. for them to realize like, oh, we can do all these characters in these shows and people will love them. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also think it's, like, they realize, like, oh, Disney Plus will work if we just keep cranking this stuff out instead of doing one show, like, once a year. Yes, but then here's what I'm a little concerned about, and you can agree with me or not on this, but I'm really, after that investor day for Disney, I'm also a little worried about just how much content is coming to streaming you know like we're getting so much stuff and like it's great I'm going to I'm going to take it all but then I'm so afraid like stories are going to be like lost in the mix you know because like Netflix there's always like something premiering on Netflix at this point and I won't find out about it until like months later because like oh I'm still catching up on this other thing and I don't want that to happen to Star Wars, even Marvel, like they're events. And mm. when we take away the event element from it, does it get lost in the shadows? Like, I don't want that to be the case. Or am I crazy for being like worried about that? Star Wars and Marvel are different because they're all part of this big world and they have their fan bases built in. And the people who don't know about them will like come around because it's like you weren't, you didn't care beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's different. Like, but like, I agree with you because, like, perfect example is me with Narcos. That show came out three years ago, and I'm just now watching it, and it is truly one of the greatest shows I've ever watched. The problem is that I was like, there are so much other things going on that, like, that was not high on my priority list because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what this is. Whatever, I'm gonna keep watching my other stuff. And then I was like, no, this show is incredible. Yeah, and, but it just there's so much content that you miss ninety percent of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think with Star Wars and Marvel, I think it's different just because the fans of these franchises want to stay in the loop and they want to watch all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, like, especially with Star Wars, there's so many books that fa- – like, that is a world that, like, has so much other layers – so many so, – no, that's not English. So many other layers that fans really – already understand how to like navigate through like multiple different properties and making sure you're watching all of them because then you're not going to understand why this thing happens and like that was like part of the problem with season two of the Mandalorian is people were mad because it was like very heavily connected into the lore of Star Wars which Mm -hmm. I was like I get but like and I understand because season one's barely like they have the dark saber and stuff but it's not like you have to know everything about Star Wars where season two felt a little bit more like you need to know some stuff Mm-hmm. but on the flip of that I'm like yeah but as a Star Wars fan I'm like okay well it's Star Wars like sorry like yeah well also I kind of think the genius of season two was like okay we got so many people into watching Mandalorian now here's a way for us to introduce characters that have already been established in the universe but that will kind of encourage people who were just fans of Mandalorian to be like oh I can find out about Bo-Katan and Ahsoka via Clone Wars or Rebels they can 
it opens the door for them to do the extra research or like, oh, there's already so much lore about this character that I can like dive into that is also available on Disney Plus. So it's it's making it very much more of like like I Marvel and Star Wars are playing off of each other and yes it's because they're both Disney owned. Yes. But Marvel's playing off of how Star Wars is doing the shows, but Star Wars is playing off of how Marvel like you have that ability with Marvel where it's like, oh, you like Spider Man? You can go look up all of the different things about Spider-Man because he's been in comics for years. And mm-hmm. granted, Star Wars has its own like world like that, but I think they're playing more into like, no, all this stuff that you thought like, oh, I don't have to watch Clone Wars. I don't have to watch this. It's like you kind of need to know about it because those mm-hmm. characters are live action. I'm very hopeful for the future of Star Wars, honestly. Like, I think that what they have done with Mandalorian is proof that you can tell stories outside of the Skywalker saga and people are going to show up for it. And mm-hmm. I agree. Like, you know, these properties have built in fans that were going to consume all of it, no matter what. And I think it is, ex- I am excited for the stories that they're going to tell and the people that they're going to bring in to tell those stories. Like I'm excited for Rogue Squadron and I'm happy that Patty Jenkins is going to be directing a Star Wars movie, but I'm excited like who she's like, who else is going to be brought into Rogue Squadron or like what other directors are going to come in and bring their flavor to Star Wars, like Taika, like, can we still get the Ryan Johnson trilogy, please? I don't know when that's ever going to happen, but I still care about like who else can be brought into this universe to tell stories that like we can get excited about that don't have to necessarily do with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, you know, like if I never saw Palpatine again, I think I'd be happy. (sighs) Like I would, I know we're wrapping up, but I just want to say like, I, one thing about like the J.J. Abrams movies that or not movies because I liked Force Awakens the J.J. Abrams Rise of Skywalker that drove me insane mm-hmm. was that it was a boy getting to play with his toys and that was it it what there was no reason those characters were brought there was no reason for like 90% of it it was just he wanted to play with Palpatine and it's like okay you could have just been like here I'm gonna end up I'm gonna end this trilogy and then we're gonna like I want to do a Palpatine story and I would have been like great I don't need to watch that. I don't like yeah. Palpatine. They're about Palpatine. There are people who do. That's fine. You throwing Palpatine in where it made no sense, where she could have easily been a Kenobi. I could, like, she could have also been, like, I love the Skywalker, tw- or the Solo twins. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, convinced she was going to be Jaina Solo, because that's how that story is, where they think Jaina's dead, and then she comes back and defeats her brother. Yeah. instead, like... And it's fine, like, even if they wanted to do, like, the romance between Kylo and Rey, like, fine. But also, why is she a Palpatine? Like, it doesn't, or just make her right from nowhere. Like, it's just, it was infuriating because he just wanted to play with Palpatine. And I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I was promised Matt Smith, and then Matt Smith wasn't in that movie, so angry. Wait, is but, Matt uh, Smith Thrawn? Is that what it's going to be now? Like, since Matt Smith wasn't in Rise of Skywalker? I didn't think about that. I would love if Matt Smith was Thrawn give me all of my favorite boys as villains I like I would uh give me Pedro Pascal as Craven the Hunter give me Matt oh my Smith gosh give me feed me specifically <laughs> give, give Rachel what, what she wants you know maybe but I like 
<sighs> I just want like other filmmakers because it's like after I after Rise of Skywalker I had a real hard time because I was like do I do I care about Star Wars anymore like that made me so upset but then the Mandalorian was like yes you do here you go mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like yeah you're right I do care like I care about this Star Wars I care about the fun dumb Star Wars and I think they tried with Rise of Skywalker to make it that fun dumb Star Wars but it didn't work and I think The Last Jedi works a little bit more in like understanding that there are serious aspects of star wars but it also is fun like luke skywalker drinking that milk in the port like it's like yeah that's what's fun about star wars not i'm gonna do this cheesy one-liner it's like yeah we know those exist and none of us particularly love them but i like the fun dumb stuff like i'm gonna throw my blaster at you because because it's not working i'm like yeah this is fine here like that's what i like about star wars yeah I also share with you, like, after The Rise of Skywalker, it was kind of a moment of, okay, like, how do I feel about Star Wars? How do I feel about this recent trilogy? And, like, what is my involvement as a fan? And over the course of 2020, I found myself, like, A, missing Star Wars, and B, really missing, like, okay, what is Mandalorian Season 2 going to do? Like, is there more for me and there is and this past season has proven like all of this stuff coming up like I still care about Star Wars and I'm excited to see the new places that we're gonna go and no I don't want to see Palpatine again I don't need a Palpatine prequel like don't even do that Disney you missed your chance you could have done it you didn't bring him back yeah yeah Ah, I was not a fan of some of the choices they made. I liked how it the movie ended. I just didn't like how it got there was my biggest problem. And yeah, yeah. let's end positively, you know, like thankfully, like we're supposed to get Bad Batch this upcoming year and then book Boba Fett uh, this December. So like we aren't going to be without Star Wars for long, thankfully. Plenty of Star Wars. All the Star Wars. All of it. Rachel, I'm so glad we got to do this. Like, I've been a fan of yours on Twitter for a while now. And see my face, but I'm making a face. (laughs) I went, what? No, because like, you're such a big fangirl and you get excited about stuff. And you're like, unabashedly, like, you know, thirsting after Cobb Vanth and Pedro Pascal. And people are so mad at me about that tweet. Because they were like, you spoiled cop fans. And I was like, shut up. Sorry. This episode, it's trending globally. Yeah, exactly. Also, like, if you care about spoilers, you wouldn't be on Twitter. Just saying. (laughs) But. Exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm so thankful we got to do this. And um, where where can people find you? Got anything to plug? Well, thank you for having me. Uh, no, I guess follow my Twitter. It's a mess. My current my current goal is to get Pedro Pascal to notice me. Uh, I don't know how that's going. He probably sees myself as like this bitch. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess follow me on Twitter. It's just Rachel Leishman. You can follow my work at the Mary Sue. I do dumb videos on TikTok. They're not good. I just I'm just stuck inside so I'm losing my mind yeah I don't have anything to plug other than my own writing because 
what else am I doing? <laughs> well, I will put links to that in the description of this episode. As always, you can follow me at Meredith Loftus. And exciting, when this episode drops, Fangirl Forum has its own Twitter account. Yay! So you can follow me also on an official podcast setting at Fangirl Forum Pod. Thanks, you guys, so much for joining us. I hope you have a fantastic day. See you next time.